All right, everybody, welcome back to the Agents of Comic Book Podcast. I am Paul. And I am Eric. That's right, and we're back with uh, the third part in our Thor series. It's going to be the finale of our Thor parts, at least for now. I mean, obviously, this is a thing we'll come back to. Yeah. Um, I imagine probably when God of... I almost say God of Thunder. <laughs> when Love and Thunder Love and comes Thunder. out, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm not sure exactly... Well, who knows when that'll be. Right, I yeah. guess. Well, everything's up in the air right now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's kind of how it goes for everything, because I mean, like... As we're doing this podcast, I mean, we're kind of going back and reviewing older books, like trade paperbacks that are already collected, so it hasn't affected what we do too much. Yeah. But, like, uh, pretty much all of comics are, like, on hold right now. So yeah, it's like, which is, uh, it's interesting. It's something. Yeah, yeah it's, un- it's something, <laughs> is what I would say, yeah. Because uh, there hasn't been new, com- there's new no new comics coming out this week, there wasn't new comics the last two weeks, so it's, like, a crazy, like... And I read on Marvel Unlimited. I don't post single issues anymore, so it's I, not something that's affected me personally. But it's something that, like, I can already tell. Like six months from now, I'm going to be like, "Why are there no books this week?" Yeah, you're gonna you're gonna see it eventually, <laughs> right? Yeah. So, and apparently, uh, Diamond Comics says that like books are gonna like come back, like they'll start ordering comics again on Mar- on May twentieth. Hmm. And I'm like, well, that's a little early to be setting like dates and predictions. I feel like, like actual physical books, they'll be yeah. They're, they're like, yeah, we're gonna go back to normal on May 20th and start shipping books again. Okay. And Diamond is like the distributor of all physical printing books, so like they're pretty much the only ones holding back any books from coming out. Gotcha. So, uh, but again, uh, we'll see what happens when we get closer to that date because that seems like a little bit of wishful thinking. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I mean, dates are always arbitrary. Like it could change whenever. Yeah. So, I uh, yeah. Hopefully, people don't get too excited. They're like. May 20th, here yeah. we come. And <laughs> May 19th, bad news. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. I, I, I hope for the best. I really I want comics oh, to come yeah, back. Oh, yeah, definitely. It, I mean, pretty like I, I'm, I've been keeping up on my reading, though. What's nice is Hoopla, if you use that, uh, increase the amounts of rents you can get oh, uh, yeah, monthly. Oh, yeah, um, If you don't know what Hoopla is, I extremely highly recommend it because if you have a library that supports it, it's like a way to like read four to eight to six. I've seen people who have like 16 books a month Damn. that they can rent. Uh, and you get like new releases on there. Didn't too. you say our library here doesn't have it? Yeah, where we live right now, uh, we don't have the. That's lame. Subscri- I-, I actually get it through my parents' house down in Illinois. That's what I thought. Yeah. So hopefully, if the state of Illinois uh, listens to this podcast, guys, listen. <laughs> Please don't cut off my subscription. I need this. I don't think they're going to give too much of a shit about it. The, the governor's <laughs> listening like, oh, my word. I mean, your parents still pay taxes there, so. I guess, yeah. They're still paying the library. But it's in my name. I don't know. If the governor's listening. I mean, do you still have, like, a library card? Yeah. Well, I mean, it's under my parents' address, though. <laughs> well, that, that's fine. I don't know. <laughs> I, I feel like I'm a, a sly bandit. Yeah, public enemy number one. Um, but yeah, it's cool. You can get like books as they come out. I've been reading uh, Freedom Fighters by uh, Venditti oh, yeah. and Barrows. That's a really, really cool book. It kind of uh, spins out of multiversity. Okay. So it takes place entirely in like the Nazi Superman world. Oh, awesome. So that's why it's called Freedom Fighters. It's like it's, it reminds me a lot of like Wolfenstein 2. Okay. Where it's like, you know, fighting to get America back from the Nazis. Yeah, yeah. Except it's so it's Superman Nazi. Oh uh, yeah, he's called Overman. Overman, okay. Yeah, that's he's the reason the reason the Nazis won the war. So it is like is Hitler still in this universe? Uh yes. Okay. You'll you'll yeah, I don't want to spoil too much of it, but a okay. lot of it is in multiversity too, which you haven't read yet. So yeah, I don't no, want to spoil I, that either. I gotta read that too. All right. Without further ado, we're going to be moving on to the finale book that we have for this Thor series, which is going to be issues 
11 through 12. 12. No. No. 12 through 17. Yes, yeah, something like yeah. that. It's going to be um, the bridge issue, the uh, Thor returns to Midgard, and then the story, the Accursed, which is actually, I would call it, I mean, I don't know how what else you'd call it. It's pretty much the first story in the Malekith saga. Yeah. Which is it's pretty much. It's the Malekith origin. It's pretty much, it almost feels like the first volume of Jason Aaron's run, even though it's not. Cause it, it does, yeah. Because Especially because after you realize that the Malekith story kind of went on for like, another six years like after this consuming. yeah 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 this is kind of like the first volume of like everything so yeah. it's nice that we can see the setup of this yeah it kind of makes like the whole gore thing feel like kind of uh like a an epilogue or a what not an epilogue what's the thing that comes with like gore? a prologue prologue yeah. yeah no i know what you mean <laughs> you'll see though the gore stuff like gore himself uh doesn't play a huge role in the rest of the run but the kind of the impression he made on thor gotcha it plays a big factor yeah i like that i like that mm-hmm. take because it, it kind of just like got that doubt in his head yeah yeah um, but this whole the, the bridge issue we have here is actually maybe my favorite in the set. This is one of the, maybe my favorite issue that we've read so far. Um, it's called Thor Returns to Midgard. It's pretty much just a one-off, completely self-contained. Yeah, this is um, a cool issue. Yeah, because we haven't really seen er- much of Earth at all in this series. I mean, we have, mm. but only as like young Thor and like the Vikings. Yeah, That's, just flashes of it. Yeah, we haven't seen like modern Earth. We saw like that one scene with Tony, but that was wasn't really much. Yeah, that that was just with Tony. Yeah, really exactly. Yes, but this is like an, a whole Earth centric Thor mm. uh, issue, which is nice. Um, so we get like. Uh, it's kind of cool because he returns uh, back to Earth and he has to. He's meeting with these like shield agents. Yeah, and he has to go through this metal detector, which is kind of hilarious. <laughs> yeah, the kid's like, "Give me your hammer." It's like, "Dude, are you kidding?" Yeah, this comes up a lot <laughs> in superhero comics where there's like, there's one new cop on the force. He's, he's like, "I'm gonna d- teach this superhero who's the boss." I don't even know if he's a cop. I think he's just like a door like, jockey. Oh yeah, like a guy who <laughs> yeah. just like grabs grabs the like put your phone in the bucket. Yeah, like yeah. he's technically a cop, but like he's not like a street cop. He's right. just like a desk jockey. He's not enough to tell Thor to like put no. up Mjolnir. Yeah. Yeah, not at all. Like he is the god of thunder, dude. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and oh, and I should call out before we get any farther the creative the- team on this issue as well. Oh, yeah. Um, this is of course written by Jason Aaron, as all of this will be. But we actually have a different artist this time. Uh, I, I, this is kind of cool. Nick Klein actually does the art on this single issue. Oh, Nick, okay. Nick Klein is the artist who does the current Donny Cates run of Thor. Oh, really? So I didn't realize even realize this until I went back and read it. I was like, oh, this looks familiar. Oh, I was crazy. Like, oh, yeah, he does Thor right now. <laughs> Weird. Yeah, yeah I didn't know cool. that. So he actually came back to the character. Yeah. Uh, so I was gonna ask you about this yeah. part. So when he goes to right after he gets to earth he goes to visit that guy on death row who is this oh i'm not sure exactly i there might be some backstory to this 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 could also be a reference to the simonson thor run that i'm not remembering as well okay i know that jason aaron calls back to that a lot gotcha um but for for all intents and purposes it seems to just be like a a criminal on death row somebody knew yeah it's someone who like it seems like definitely is guilty of something, but like deeply regrets it and maybe got like pushed into it by like people or whatever. Yeah. yeah. I don't know the whole story here, but Thor seems to like have some compassion for him. Yeah, for sure. Um, even though he does feel guilty and it doesn't like Thor's not, Thor doesn't literally try to like break him out or anything. He just kind of like gives him like a final meal, like from, from the other planes of existence. Yeah. It's like some crazy like alien egg. Right. Um, so I, I kind of wish Thor had just like busted him out. Though. <laughs> yep, I like, mean we don't know what this guy's done. <laughs> I guess, but he doesn't need to be murdered. I guess maybe. Yeah, he doesn't need to be put to death. No, I'm v- vehemently against the death penalty. So yeah. Right. So Thor might as well be like, "Fuck your death penalty." <laughs> Boom. <laughs> we'll try him on Asgard. He'll face Asgardian justice. He's like, fuck yeah. <laughs> 
Uh, and the next couple scenes we get are, are pretty cool because this whole this whole issue is just kind of like flashes between different scenes of it's almost like a day in the life of Thor on Earth. Yeah, it's like Thor's Earth vacation. Right. It's like it's like what does Thor do like when he just like doesn't have not with the Avengers he's not doing stuff on Asgard he's just on on Earth being a superhero. Like, yeah. What does he do exactly? And it shows him like he he goes to visit the guy on death row. He goes to like he visits um like a poor poor neighborhood in South America and like shares these like exotic fruits with them. Yeah, and my favorite or one of my favorites was when he goes to the nunnery and he's like talking to all the nuns and he gives them these crazy seeds to plant and the one nun's like oh are you staying for dinner and she's like oh remember your vows sister remember your, your impure thoughts <laughs> but he's the god of thunder isn't right. this pious <laughs> imagine thor just having a huge nun orgy technically i'm a god <laughs> right uh and then like one of my favorite ones too is he like uh he like interrupts like this uh this like it's like Westboro Church rally. Yeah, it's, it's supposed to be like because they have the God hates you in rainbow letters, so it's obviously like an like anti-gay like right. rally. Yeah, it's definitely the Westboro like kind of like not maybe not Westboro purely, but like that kind of protest, like the alt right kind yeah, of. Yeah, oh for sure. Yeah. Um. So it's like it's literally like it's funny because they're holding up the signs that says like God hates you, and literally God <laughs> jumps down on them and spites lightning. At yeah, them. they're all just like, screaming. Their if God disagrees off. with me, maybe he should like, smite <laughs> me right now. Kapoom! <laughs> God, that'd be amazing if that happened. Right. That's just, that's such a great panel. I love love that <laughs> right and then it's also thor like bringing rain to the desert and like uh kind of like helping ships out at sea mm-hmm. um and then we do also get our first introduction to jane foster in this run which is going to be this is all set up for like oh, yeah. what the bulk of the run's going to be yep because it's cool because we're in broxton oklahoma and you can even see in the horizon asgardia as it like floats over earth i was gonna say so is that like is that like what Thor travels with? Well, the um, Asgard at this point is is gone. I, I forgot oh, exactly yeah, how okay. it got destroyed. I think it might have happened in Siege, gotcha. if I am not mistaken. Um, it, it got destroyed in some event. So they just took a chunk of it and brought it to Midgard? Yeah, it's almost like uh, the movie we'll talk about at the end of this, Thor Ragnarok, where oh, okay. uh, it's like As- oh, yeah. Asgard's not a place. It's a people. Yeah, and they just yeah. bring it with them. You know? Okay. It's almost like that. That's cool. Um, so Asgardia can just kind of like float above Earth and people are like, whoa, holy shit, it's a city of gods. <laughs> that, that's new. <laughs> well, let me just go back to farming. <laughs> yeah, it's like literal like Mount Olympus. Right. Which is interesting because that, that Hercules and all of them exist in this universe too. Right, And exactly. there's actually a line at the end of this where Jane threatens Thor that she'll date Hercules. <laughs> it's like, you wouldn't dare. <laughs> yeah, Thor and Hercules have a fun rivalry. Yeah, in, I, in the I, Avengers. I wish I had more context of that. I gotta read some more Avengers. I know. That's pretty much where all of their interactions are. Is that the one you were telling me about? Is he in that? Uh, the Hickman one? No, yeah. Hercules sadly isn't in the Hickman one. Oh, that, okay. that would be awesome. But he, Hercules is in a lot of classic Avengers stuff. Okay. I believe he's in the new Guardians of the Galaxy run too. Oh, really? Cates's? Uh, no, not Cates' uh, E-Wings. Oh, okay. Uh, he, he takes over. Uh, so right now he's writing Immortal Hulk and he's writing Guardians. Oh, cool. Yep. Gotcha. Uh, but yeah, anyway, we're we start we're uh, with Thor and Jane Foster in Oklahoma with uh, Asgardia in the background, and Thor actually gets a revelation. This is the first time on Earth in a while, and he finds out that uh, Jane has actually been diagnosed with breast cancer. Mm-hmm. So she's she's he's kind of like sitting there, like he's already in like the uh, the denial part. Yeah, he's like, "Who do I have to smash?" Right, and then he's like <laughs> bargaining, like, "I'll take I'll take out whatever I need to take out." Yeah, <laughs> and so and Jane's just like, "No, please, please, I don't want any of this nonsense. Just like, just let me face this like a human yeah, would face this. I'm gonna like, try and beat this with good old." Earth science, right? Because I, th- she, she, I think she even makes a comment. She's like, you know, it would be like an insult to like everyone else like suffering if I can't have the strength to go through it myself. Yeah. Um. So, so she's kind of like got this like you know kind of like confidence to herself. She's like, no, I'm gonna deal with this myself. I'm not gonna let you like just magically heal me if you, unless you're gonna magically heal everybody. Yeah, exactly. 
Uh, but but Jane is actually she has a new boyfriend who she's living with, and so like, it's how g- bad do you feel for this guy? <laughs> you make kind of a funny comment. Jane's like, I, I like he's very trusting. Like imagine like he's letting me sit outside with you, like a yeah. little god of thunder ex boyfriend. <laughs> yeah, Thor's like, I don't think he likes me very much. It's like, well, if if your ex girlfriend or if your girlfriend uh, his ex boyfriend was a freaking god, you'd feel like yeah, inadequate a, too. A immortal god. <laughs> and uh, so Thor he, Thor kind of accepts like what she's saying. Eventually, he's like, all right, fine. If you don't want my help with this, like at least let me do something for you. Mm. And she's like, all right, fine, but you're not taking me to any wizards. He's like, I promise I won't. <laughs> and he like takes his hammer and swings uh, swings the hammer and takes her to the, the actual moon. Yep. And uh, there's like this pocket of the moon he's created that has like breathable air. Yeah, that was pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> so he can like just actually just hang out with her on the moon. It kind of reminds me of like a scene in like All-Star Superman or something. Okay. Um. Yeah, it's like a, it's like a less depressing Dr. Manhattan. A little bit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And then like this and this kind of this conversation has like a cool kind of point to it, too, where she's talking about like, you know, like, I don't know why you always come back here. Like, but thank you. Like, we, we've always needed you. And I don't know what we'd do if you didn't come back all the time. Mm-hmm. And he's like, well, how, how couldn't I? Like, everything I love is here. Like, and like, I, I, I especially like my first like per- person I met here was like the best person I ever met. So like, it's yep. a great impression for me. Oh, yeah. Um, and so it's kind of like, that's kind of like the theme of this issue too. Cause it opens like, we didn't talk about it, but it opened up with a scene of young Thor kind of saying the same thing to another woman. He knew oh, like, yeah, back yeah. in like the, like Viking times. Yep. And he was like, you know, like, except he had a little bit of a different reason then he, he was <laughs> yeah. like, I love fighting and I love fucking like, yeah, <laughs> you guys love killing each other and like drinking and fucking. <laughs> <laughs> so now he's got a little bit more of like noble reasons to stay. Yeah, he's like, you know, matured like, a little bit. Yeah. He's like, there's good people here and like, they need me. Yep. And then, uh, so we do, we, it kind of, it's cool because it, the first page is young Thor. Most of the issue is your modern Thor. And then the last page is actually King Thor again. Yep. So it's kind of cool. Uh, even though those issues are done, like we, we haven't abandoned those timelines, which I like, those will come up like as far as this run goes. Yeah. I really like that. Yep. Young Thor and King Thor are pretty much just characters in this run. Okay. So it's awesome. Um, but we, we kind of get just like an ominous cliffhanger here because Thor uh, and we won't even get to like what the cliffhanger means at the end of this volume because it kind of sets up for a lot of the run where he uh, King Thor is in the future, like seemingly where he's won and like saved everything. But he's still like fighting battles and he walks across the Rainbow Bridge onto this like desolate Earth. Yeah. And he's like, well, Thor always returns to Midgard. Now it's my turn. And we see what Earth looks like in the far future. And it's just a wasteland with like lightning storms everywhere. Yeah, it's not looking good. Yeah. So it's kind of like a cliffhanger we'll set up and we'll see a lot more of that as this whole. Thor run goes on just like what happened to Earth and like what the state of things are there's going to be some crazy shit like Doctor Strange Doctor Doom uh, Phoenix awesome. Wolverine <laughs> and so and that's it's eventually that's what goes into uh, War of the Realms at some point well uh, a little bit I mean the King Thor fights in the War of the Realms okay. but it, like the timelines converging are just kind of like its own story okay like King Thor like fights his own battles in the future which pretty much ha- don't have a ton of bearings on the modern day but it's still just like a cool like one off oh yeah because like you'll see like the far future like Doctor Doom like you know with like his like glyphs from like doc, like killing Doctor Strange. And oh, okay. yeah, it's pretty cool. Damn, that's awesome. So it's just like cool what ifs almost. Okay. Um, but yeah, so that was like one of my favorite issues in the whole volume right off the bat because it's like a, I love one off stories because they're always like I feel like they're really tight, like really like well written because you're not trying to pad it out forever for anything or spend too much time setting stuff up that doesn't pay off right away. Yeah, exactly. Like you can just tell a whole story right there, and I feel like you a lot of times will get really strong stories out of that. Yep. Yeah, and you can you can like add a lot of context into a little bit of time. Yep. So yeah. and even if you don't even if it's not explained or like doesn't exactly show the whole picture, it like it will eventually. Yeah, you or or you'll, you'll just get enough or just like a hint at like a bigger thing, which is yeah. almost like cooler anyway. Exactly. Yeah. 
Um, but then the actual arc we're going to talk about here is The Accursed, which is, I'll, I'll say like right right now, this volume is probably my favorite that we've read so far. Oh, yeah. Because um, like The God Butcher, I, I've talked about it uh, uh, enough at this point, but he's not my favorite villain. I mean, the first 12 issues were still very good just because of the like the different Thors and like the takes oh, on yeah, I still the gods and whatnot. But like, Ma- like uh, Gore himself wasn't my favorite. I, yeah. I enjoy Malekith a lot more in this volume. Like not as, not like as I'm not rooting for him. Yeah. <laughs> but he's a lot more fun to read about because I think he's got got more up his sleeve like he's more unpredictable yeah exactly he's he's a lot less one-dimensional yeah and he's got like he's constantly like throwing like gears in the wrenches you know what i mean like gore is just like you can tell his whole plan from the very beginning because he's shouting it at you exactly no twist to it whatsoever and there's like the whole angle where it's like you know gore was only killing gods whereas you know malakath is a threat to like the entire he's like unpredictable yeah Yeah, he might make an alliance with you and then completely fuck you over yeah yeah um, and it's the opening of this is really badass too because it's like yeah. just the scene in hell, which is our first scene we've seen. Literally in hell. a prison break from hell. Yeah, it's so <laughs> cool. We get like this, like it's like an elite squad of dark elf warriors. Like yep. one of them led like a character we'll see a lot of Scum Tongue. Yeah, um, which yeah, is he was a, cool. We'll see as a convenient name for him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, learning how he got that name was interesting. Well, it's not even how he got the name. He had the name Scum Tongue before he lost his tongue. Did he? Yeah, I it, thought it was something. No, it was no, Scum something else, and then no, because uh, Malakas says like Scum Tongue. That's an apt name for you, Scum Tongue. I think his name was already Scumtongue. Uh, oh, oh! I think okay. maybe he just like talked shit too much. Oh, like, gotcha. I, so I think it was just like a coincidence. I think you're right. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, maybe yeah, if not, then that would be that would make more sense. But I, I like the idea that it's just like oh, Scumtongue. This I, was fate. It's like self fulfilling prophecy. Yeah. <laughs> um. So we get this like elite squad, and the narration even makes it like cooler because it's like hell is like the most dangerous place mm-hmm. ever. Like only the dead come here, except for every once in a while, like at the living, and you'll see like this like squad rolling in <laughs> <Yeah>. silently <laughs> on a boat. It's like black ops. Yeah. And it's kind of creepy, too, because, like, there's one narration I really like was, like, they know if they fail their mission, like, it, it, there's no, like, the worst case scenario is they can't even die. Like, they'll they'll be just here forever. Yeah. And we see these, like, frozen souls, like, reaching out to them, like, help, please. Yeah, right. Um, Which is kind of like a, like, this, like, the Norse hell is, like, cool, because it's, like, the polar opposite of, like, the one we normally see. Yeah. It's but it's, like, kind of similar in ways, too. Yeah, it's, like, ice instead of fire. Mm-hmm. And so, like, this elite squad moves in, and they even have to deal with, like, this, like, these, like, ravenous, like, giant spiders who are, like, the <laughs> guardians of this prison. Which is absolutely terrifying. Yeah, uh, giant spider prison guards. That would be the, literally the worst. <laughs> uh, and they do pretty good, although Scumtongue is the only one who survives, and we find out the person who they have imprisoned here is Malakath himself. Mm-hmm. So they've come to rescue their king. Yep. And, uh... All of the warriors pretty much give their life trying to save Malakath. One of them even has to, like, Malakath, like, climbs his body, like, with his knife. <laughs> yeah, he's just like, it'll be an honor, sir. <laughs> and, yeah, I got to say, the the design for Malakath is awesome, too. Oh, yeah, no, and the uh, the art on the actual Accursed uh, art is not Nick Klein anymore. For this uh, for this arc, it was Ron Garney, who also yeah, does really, really well with this. Yeah, I loved it. Because um, they, they, he even did a good job kind of not exactly, it's not like Ribbick's art, but it's enough similar where it doesn't seem too jarring of a difference. Exactly, yeah. Um, so it's like, if you were just casually reading this, you'd be like, okay, stylistically, I'm still on pace here. Mm-hmm. Uh, although Ribbick does still do the covers, which I like. But yeah, when Malekath gets free, he looks, he's like covered in blood and he has like the classic like uh, like half black, half blue face. Yeah, what I can't remember what they call that. It's like a jester thing though. Yeah, I can't remember either. Like uh, Vivek in Morrowind has that too. And okay. I, that must be a thing. Uh, yeah, definitely. Because I, I always, I keep getting like, I'm a huge Morrowind fan, so I keep getting like Vivek like, oh, uh, true. flashbacks when I see Malekith. Okay. <laughs> 
Uh, so they, so yeah, so Malakath is, is free from hell. He's been rescued from his uh, imprisonment. Uh, I don't remember exactly when he was in prison. That might have been another Simonson thing. That might have happened in a run before this. Okay. But I'm guessing that's just kind of where he was left at the end of a run. It's probably not super important, but it, it'd be kind of cool to go back and see where that happened. Yeah. Um, but back in... Uh, on Earth, Thor is just kind of like getting drunk at the table, celebrating. Uh, when the uh, one of the dark elves at the table, who's kind of just like, because uh, the dark elves at this point are ruled by a different ruler, they've kind of been. Uh, Thor has helped them kind of like build up a democracy and kind of less like a more peaceful way of living because it used to just be like whoever murdered the most people was the king. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was more of a tribal mentality, right? Um, and so he now now the dark elves kind of have like some kind of form of stable government. Although later on we find out that it's. Like faux stable, like they they do have right. a king, but all the tribes still kind of live. It's by a house of rules. cards, yeah. yeah. And uh, but one of the there's almost like this psychic connection that this dark elf has at the table because he's able to tell like Malakath is free, yeah, because he can he, he can tell like his home world is burning. Yeah, he just starts freaking out. Yeah, and so Thor's like, oh shit, like the dark elves are like something's going on in the dark elf planet. We all have to go like right now. Yep. And so like Thor and the warriors three all fly off on their Pegasi. Which <laughs> yeah, is pretty, it's cool, awesome. pretty cool. Pretty uh, cool sight there. Uh, Garney draws the shit out of that. Oh yeah. And when we get to Svartalheim, the land of the dark elves, it's uh it's being attacked by by like more like the dark elves like uh, Malakath's crew are like attacking his own people because yep. Malakath basically is saying like well like my people have betrayed me if believe they... or die right exactly yeah. <laughs> so he's trying to like make an example of these people and uh one of the women he grabs outside of the hut ends up being uh influential in this story yeah because he kind of holds her hostage and Thor's like well like no I'm not letting you do this mm-hmm and Malakath like rips her arm off. Yeah, he's like, like, "Here, I'll split her with you." He's <laughs> like, "I'm even giving you the bigger half." <laughs> yeah, he's like almost like a Joker scene. Yeah, exactly. And so, uh, so yeah, he he rips her arm off, and Thor, uh, and then r- uses the opportunity to kind of flee with the Wild Hunt back to uh, to like wherever he's kind of gathering his forces. Yeah, he pulls out a lot in this run. Mm-hmm. Yeah, where it's kind of like he starts out very hit and run until he can build his army up. Yeah, exactly. Which is probably the only way he could do it. Yeah, totally. Um, and so he he kind of uses that as a distraction because Thor has to like try to save her life in a hurry. Yeah, cauterizes the wound with Mjolnir. Yeah, right. So that's got to be like an enchanted stump then, I th- or something. I would hope. Well, I mean, later on she uses magic. To oh, make she a does. Arm, yeah, I guess, so, yeah, yeah. She's good. Because <laughs> yeah, because we'll find out she's actually like a, a witch, yeah, like she's a dark a elf witch. Yeah. Um, so this was kind of like uh, her village, and so she I, Malakath probably attacked her on purpose yep um so because she actually like yeah later on she says it like she snuck up on her and like got the like the jump on her oh, that's why she couldn't do anything right um but yeah the issue ends with this cool this really really cool shot oh, one yeah. of my favorite pages <laughs> of uh because Mal- malakath has this like mounted uh like snow tiger it's like with a siberian tiger yeah oh it's so cool i yeah. love i love his mounted like tiger thing oh yeah it's easily the best and like the wild hunt behind him it's just like a bunch of flying dogs like with dark elf riders right yeah like i thought the pegasi were awesome but the the siberian tiger with wings is really badass yeah like how much cooler is this version of malakath than what we got <laughs> in when we watched the dark world last week right i want to see christopher eccleston do this riding a tiger yeah why didn't they do that so such a missed opportunity uh, and then the issue uh, ends with a map, and I'm always I'm I'm gonna applaud that. Oh yeah, I always applaud any book that ends with a map. I love the maps. I will I will stand the maps every day for the rest of my life. <laughs> and so after this attack, it's cool because this is kind of where uh, this book turns into more of almost like a uh, like a politics, almost like Lord of the Rings, Game of Thrones, almost kind of vibe to it, mm-hmm. where uh, it's like literally all these different realms are coming together. Like okay, well Malaketh is back, and like he's clearly 
not taking any prisoners. Like he could declare war on any of us at any moment. Yeah. It's so, like we should do something. Like we should like you know a, like have an alliance between like all the nine realms. We have to make a fellowship. <laughs> a fellowship. <laughs> we'll have one member. <laughs> Each one choose a member. And my axe. <laughs> That's kind of what ends up happening. It actually kind of because it's the it's called the League of Realms, and yeah. literally like we have uh, Screwbeard would be the would be the and my bomb. <laughs> yeah, it's a little bit of a crazier Gimli, but yeah, yeah. So basically, there's like one representative from each realm. Yeah, the troll. Uh, I can kind of go over them here. Yeah. Uh, we have uh, from the from the land of Alfheim, the Light Elves. We have uh, Sir Ivory Honeyshot. He's kind of like uh, if we were going on like D and D classes, he's like the rogue kind of pistol wielder. Yeah. Uh, you could get this whole thing is kind of like a D and D party. Very, we very, uh, very high in dexterity. Oh yeah, sure. Agility. And then we have Screwbeard. He's uh, the Gimli that we talked about. He's a yep. uh, bombs expert. I, I started out iffy on Screwbeard, but rereading this, I, he made me laugh like a bunch of times. So I, I really like him. Yeah, at first he was just kind of ogreish, but then later on he got pretty. But, like funny. his interactions with uh, with uh, Ood the Troll oh, are yeah. hilarious. Oh, they're I great, love that. especially the last couple issues. Oh yeah. Uh, so Ood the Troll is the representative from uh, from the trolls. He's 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 awesome. Uh, not towards Thor, but it's kind of just, I, yeah. like, I like the, uh, rivalry he spawns between everybody. Oh yeah, definitely. And then, uh, we also have, I'm going to try to pronounce this here. The representative from the giants, uh, yeah. Ugmunder Draglevlad Vensuvius, <laughs> the 17th. It's pretty close. I'll give it to you. <laughs> and he is of the long stomp, uh, the long stomp tribe from the hills of Jodenheim. That's pretty on the head. Yep. So he's not a frost <laughs> giant. He's a regular giant. Yeah. Um, so he's, uh, he's also going to fight in this war. So he kind of ends up being like a cool member as well. Yeah. Uh, Cause he, he kind of has like these giant arrows that explode like bombs when he shoots them, which is pretty cool. Yeah. They're awesome. And then the final member is going to be, uh, the, the woman who we just met, who we now gets named, uh, Lady Wazaria of the Dark Elves. Yeah. She's a Dark Elf sorceress. Yep. And we see this right away when she takes out a tree branch and kind of like puts it where her arm used to be and regrows like a Groot arm. Basically. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. It's pretty cool. She's like, well... If that if, if that shows anything, like I'm ready to go. Yeah, because Thor's like, what are you gonna do with one arm? If that's the problem, here you go. Yeah, here you want me to grow another one? <laughs> and it's cool when they ride into battle because Thor has uh, a tooth nasher, his uh, his goat. Um, oh but, yeah, but he also and everyone else has their own mount as well, except for the giant because I don't know what he would ride. Yeah, not sure. Uh, Screwbeard it flies like a bat into battle, which is pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, it looks awesome. Uh, Ood rides like a giant boar. Um, the uh, Lady Wazaria rides like a giant wolf. Sir Ivory rides a unicorn, so it's like they all have like their own like like uh, World of Warcraft like D and D mounts. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's pretty cool. The next couple issues feature a lot of um, the League of the Realms kind of trying to stop off Malakath before he can like make any more moves. But it seems like every time they try to, he's always one step ahead of them. Yep. Like because they, they go to the land of the dwarves and just find carnage, and the Malakath gets away before they can do anything. The same thing happens when they go to uh, Alfheim, the land of the light elves. It's just like like carnage and they're trying to do their best and like they stop like one group of people but Malakath is always escapes yeah as soon as they get to Malakath, something happens and then he's just out of there right and so like they have this like night of drinking um which kind of like bonds a lot of them together like yeah. Thor tries to like out drink the, the giant and like wins <laughs> so that's and then uh yeah that's a great scene yeah and then ends up spending the night with Lady Wazaria yep uh, and kind of it's cool because like Screwbeard and like uh and like Honey Honey I don't, what am I? What the hell is his name? Honey, honey bolt. Honey bolt. It's what? not honeysuckle. <laughs> <laughs> That's a, like a flower or something. And it's honey's honey shot. And Sir Honey Boy, I can't remember his name. <laughs> uh, 
he, he bonds with Screwbeard. It's yeah. kind of like a cool moment. It's like the team building moment, like oh, in between yeah. the movie. Yep. And during the fight on Elfheim, there was a part, and like I said, Screwbeard makes me laugh because because uh, after in the fight in the the land of the dwarves, he like made this giant explosion, which ended up making uh, it possible for Malakat to escape. Oh yeah. So like this time, Thor was like, no, no giant explosions, like planned attacks here. <laughs> and Screw and Screwbeard's like, well, I wasn't allowed to use my bomb, so I had to kill the dark elves with candy canes. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that was great. Because they're in Elfheim, where it's like all candy canes and rainbows. It's yeah, like, they're like ah, in yeah. a gingerbread tavern. Yeah. So he just ends up killing a bunch of elves with candy canes. <laughs> I'm like, oh my god. It was great. But uh, as they keep making their stops through the different realms trying to stop Malakath, uh, they end up on Jotunheim, which is both the land of the... Fr- uh, pretty much the land of all giants. Yeah. I, I, I actually uh, didn't... I didn't even remember that the, this giant character on, on the reread here because it, I guess it's Frost Giants, regular Giants, all sorts of Giants. Oh, yeah. I think um, that's how it is pretty close to how it works in uh, real Norse mythology, mm, too. Okay. God of War, that's how it was. Right. So, so yeah, they're on this uh, planet of the Giants and Ma- Malakath kind of swoops in attacking these like dark elf workers on the planet. And uh, the giants are just like, oh, that's funny. Like, they're just kind of watching it happen. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but that's when Thor and his crew sw- swoop in and attack Malakath. It's like the the first time they've gotten, like, a jump on Malakath a little bit. Yeah. But we find out it's all kind of part of the plan as well. Malakath, even, like, at, uh, at a certain point in the fight, is able to, like, jump into the giant on the team and kind of kill him. Yeah. It's um, crazy. It, it's kind of, they, we, we finally, like, it's one of those things where it's like, they, the character's about to die. So, like, they start writing the shit out of the character all exactly, of a sudden. Yeah. So, I'm like, all of a sudden, I'm starting to like him because they're, they're adding some depth to his character and then it's it's only just so he can have a meaningful death I'm exactly like, okay, <laughs> should have saw it coming because like he's this whole time he's been like this giant with like this vow of silence you're like oh this is interesting yeah it's like, like, what's he gonna say yeah and then like his final words are like i wasn't done listening i'm like oh that's like that's kind of cool like, right damn it i wanted more of this character i know um but yeah because malakath like cuts his way out of his head which is like a brutal way for him to go too yeah it literally says he was just like rooting around in his skull trying to find his tiny brain yeah i was like holy shit <laughs> yeah it's brutal and uh, this whole battle kind of comes to a head when, uh, like, Malakath, it almost looks like Malakath's going to be beaten, but then he was like, oh, no, 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 you don't want to, you're not just fighting me. Yep. And then, like, out of nowhere, like, the Frost Giants march up, and they're, like, towering over everybody. Yeah, it's awesome design. Yeah, the him. Frost Giants look great in this. Yeah, um, a lot better than the Thor movie. Oh, <laughs> sure, yeah. <laughs> well, because they're actually, like, giant here. Exactly, I don't yeah. feel like they look like giant in the in the movies. No, no. Not at all. Um, this whole because this whole situation kind of spawns like a diplomatic dispute because like Thor and like all of the realms try to keep like a very like they try to keep peace with the, the frost giants at all costs. Yep, like, I I could understand that. Right, because <laughs> like t- the fact that they even have peace with the frost giants is like we this is thin ice here. Like let's just let this rest. <laughs> yeah, let's not test our luck. Like they don't want to kill us right now. Let's take advantage of this. Right. But Thor now, like now that they're hiding Malakath behind him, Thor's like, I don't give a shit like at, at all anymore. Like, if yeah. you're gonna hide Malakath, I'm gonna like take all of Jotunheim with me. Yep, because he he's pissed at this because they just killed like one of the friends he was growing like you know growing fond of like yeah, with exactly. uh, the, you know this giant friend. But this whole situation kind of like uh, spurs doubt in them too because they're kind of like wondering like how is Malakath always one step ahead of us? Like in in this one, it's even more clear because he brought help. Yeah, you know, to this fight, knowing we'd be here. Yeah, he had a backup plan on top of his already like one step ahead plan. Right. So now they're thinking like, well, if if that if this keeps happening, then we must have a traitor on the team. Yeah. So now it's become like a who done it. Um, and they all, of course they all start pointing fingers at Lady Wazaria because she's the dark elf on the team, and she's like, "You guys are all racist." Yeah, <laughs> this is some bullshit. Yeah, and then uh, Thor kind of this is where this is where like this issue takes a shocking twist because yep. Thor uh, looks straight at Ud the troll. He's like, "I know who the traitor is." 
Like it's Ood the troll and like hammers him right in the <laughs> face, ties him up and executes him. Yeah, just smashes his head like a grape. Like it literally gives him the judge dread treatment. Yeah. And everyone's like, holy fuck. Like, <laughs> like dude, you're an Avenger. Like, what, right? is, what just happened? <laughs> and like, you know, I would imagine like if this is your first time reading this, or especially if you were reading this monthly, you would like finish this issue being like, what the fuck? Yeah, exactly. Like he ruined Thor. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I'm surprised people like weren't pissed. Oh, there probably were. There were probably like awful reviews of this issue being like, this guy doesn't get Thor. Oh, I Pro- suppose. I, yeah. I would have to imagine. Like, <laughs> this is, that's what I mean. Like whenever people review single issues and something shocking happens, I'm always like begging people. I'm like, please. Just wait. Wait. At least let the the volume finish. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like like the issue will end. Like there's like a volume recently where like the the cover is like Captain Marvel holding up Thor's head. Oh, and it's like it's just like literally in the issue she kills Thor and like it ends like that. And, like, okay. I don't know the rest of the story or like what the context is, but like I just remember the reviews coming out and everyone being like, "This is bullshit." <laughs> <laughs> like, dude, relax. How could this happen? Thor's not dead. <laughs> Chill. He's never coming back. <laughs> Like fucking take a chill pill, <laughs> but yeah, that happens a lot in in comic reviews. Yeah, I, sadly, I could see that. Not not even really comic reviews. A lot of times, reviewers are better at that. But it's like comics disc- discourse in general. Oh yeah, like right after an issue will come out. Um, because we this will all tie back. It's not just Thor being Judge Dread. Like there's a, a reason here. Oh yeah, but this 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 does end up pretty much splitting this this fellowship that they had going. They're all like, "Well, fuck y'all then. I'm I'm out of here." Yep. Um, and I don't want to get my head smashed. Right. <laughs> um, and the only two who are really still working on it are Thor and Lady Wazaria. They're the only two who are like, fuck it, I'll, I'll continue. Yep. Um, and they actually end up back on Midgard, which is cool. Uh, I, I don't know why I called it Midgard. They're back on Earth. It sounds better. It does <laughs> It's sound a better. cooler name. I'm gonna Earth call it, literally means dirt. <laughs> that's true. I'm going to call it Midgard from now on. Right. I mean, <laughs> people will give you very weird looks, but you could. Instead of Earth Day coming up here, uh, celebrate Midgard Day. It'd be ultimately more badass. <laughs> Plant some trees for Midgard Day. Right. Maybe Thor will come then. Yeah, right. Um, but yeah, they land in uh, in New York City and they go into this like meat shop. And this guy's like this guy. He's like this typical like New York, just kind of like meat like butcher. <laughs> I got your meat. Yeah. What do you want? I got all kinds of meat. I got eyeballs. I got <laughs> intestines. And they're like, no, we want like exotic uh, meat from like the different realms. And he's like, I don't know what you mean. Wait, <laughs> maybe I do. <laughs> Check the back room. And so they go back there, and it's just like this magical portal where this—it's uh, kind of like where the dark elves like hold council. Yeah, I, I don't know. I think it might be even be a portal to Svartalheim. I, or it might it might be like just like this pocket dimension. It's hard to tell. Yeah, but either way, it's like where these like dark elf uh, ambassadors are holding council, and the way they hold council is to is to basically just do battle, have a knife fight. Yeah, <laughs> it's like I stabbed you eleven times. I'm the king. It's like oh, this is not necessarily a good way to do it. Are you ready to concede to those requirements? <laughs> and Thor's like liter- Thor literally just puts a stop to these like ceremonies. Like no, this is nonsense. <laughs> you Please. guys are idiots. Like we have to do something now, or You're this is all, all gonna, gonna fall apart. Right? Because literally Malak. <laughs> Like wa- is coming into the butcher shop as he speaks. Yeah, and, and he's like, Malakath has a funny line too, where he's like, "Oh, you sell guts? I'll take all you got." <laughs> <laughs> and as Malakath attacks, like uh, Thor ha- kind of has another weird moment where he's like. Aha, I know who the traitor is. I was wrong. It wasn't Ood the Troll. It's you, Rosario. <laughs> yeah. And you're like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah, you're like, what's happening? And she's like, are you dumb? It's not. Of course it's not me. What this? None of that makes sense. Yeah. It's like, of course, but you're a dark elf. So there we go. It's like, <laughs> what's Thor? You too? Why do, yeah, why did you smash that guy's head if you're just going to blame me now? Yeah, you're just guessing. <laughs> and uh, But then it turns out she has a cool twist where she's like, oh, no, I figured this out. I, like, I, she casts a spell on him. Ood was never the traitor. I was never the traitor. 
you were. Yeah. And then literally this like worm crawls out of Thor's throat. <laughs> yeah, it's gross. It's like hell. a mind control worm. Yeah, it's, it's like, like a, it's like a centipede. It's yeah, disgusting. It, yeah, it's almost like an from like an alien moment. Yeah, exactly. Like, where, where like the xenomorph crawls out of him. Yep. Well, luckily it just came through his mouth and not his chest. Well, right. Although honestly, that might be worse. Yeah, honestly, I'll take the chest. I will take the chest in <laughs> death, other than the uh, freaking giant centipede coming out of my mouth. Yeah. No, thank you. Ugh. But it's a really cool twist because like this whole time you're wondering like okay are they gonna have some like twist on who the traitor is because if it's if it's like any of the members i'm not really going to be that interested like it's not that shocking yeah exactly Um, but the fact that it's thor himself you're like whoa like that's not something that i even considered was possible but yeah all right yeah no it's a really good twist and malekath has a cool line too where he's like uh this is what kind of what this is what makes malekath interesting to me this like layers on layers of plotting because he says like no this is something i've been planning for months like obviously i mean i had that whole team come in and save me like when i asked them to yep and because like the first thing they did is they poisoned your mead with this like mind control worm yep so like this has been on in the works for like a long time even before they rescued Malakath. Rescuing Malakath was maybe like the final step in the plan. Which is crazy. Yeah. But this whole this whole battle kind of culminates. We get uh, Ud the troll actually breaks open the door to save Thor. And you're like, whoa, yeah, okay. Get, it's like a twist on top of a twist. It is, yeah. Thor and Malakath both have their own twists. Right, because even Malakath's like, wait, what? That's not possible. Like, you died. Yeah. So this is like one thing Malakath definitely didn't plan for. Yep. Um, and, and Thor has says like how he did it. He's like, well, I mean, you don't grow up to be like, you're, you're not the brother of Loki without picking up a couple of his tricks. Yeah, exactly. Which is kind of a cool a cool twist. Yeah, it was great. Although the one thing I don't understand, and maybe it's just the limitations of his mind control worm, is like how much control did he have over Thor? Was it that he controlled Thor? Or did it seem like maybe he was just pushing Thor? I don't think it controlled him. I think it was like, just, just kind spiked of... his emotions. Like, I, think, I think it was just kind of a literal bug. Yeah, like a rage bug. Or no, just like it literally just like it was a, just a wiretap. Well, there must have been no... Because must... I think that whole rage thing was just like him putting on a show. Oh, you might be right. Okay, you're yeah, right. Because that was to sell the second part of his that, Yeah, that was, to oh, sell, okay. that was to make Malakath think that he was like uh, like loose cannon. You're, and, like, I, you're definitely right on that. Okay, yeah. that makes more sense to me now. Because yeah. I, I was under the impression uh, when I first read this that it was like that's what the the worm like forced him to kill him. Oh, yeah, no. I, th- okay, that, I no, think you're, the... you're, that makes more sense. Yeah, though, that... that yeah, I think that was a deception by Thor. That's that's cool. So that yeah. you, even with the bug, he's putting on a show for the bug. That's yeah, kind of cool. Exactly. So because Ood busts down the door, it's gonna, we get the story where like Ood had been teleported into the woods <laughs> yeah. with like a, a message on his tape to his back. Yeah, he's just like stumbling around, like what's happening? Kick me. I? Also, Thor needs help. <laughs> <laughs> and so like we get like a really fun battle of like all the because the whole disbanding of the of the league was all a ruse too. They're all back. Oh yeah, and like Screwbeard's back. He's got his bombs back. Yep, there's got the dynamite. There's a hilarious part where like uh, Malakath throws a knife at Screwbeard's hand. Yeah, with, with like a lit fuse dynamite in his hand. Right. So. It literally like stabs through the dynamite and through his hand so the dynamite stuck to his hand yeah. and like Ood the troll goes to rescue him and he's like I got you buddy <laughs> and like cuts off his whole hand so that way he can get free and uh, Screwbeard has a hilarious line where he's like you could have just cut the fuse <laughs> it's like we were short on time like I didn't think of it I'm sorry <laughs> and then like as, as he goes into battle Screwbeard's like for my hand yeah they're all like for Asgard like for the realm he's like for my hand <laughs> Oh yeah, the Scroopier grew on me reading. Oh this. yeah, I like that. Yeah, definitely. I love him. Uh, but yeah, the whole battle ends up culminating uh, in kind of another unexpected ending because you expect this to end with either maybe most likely Thor capturing Malakath and that being the end of the story, yeah. or maybe Malakath like beating him and the story continues that way. Yep. But the ending is actually more shocking than that because the whole like we forgot this was taking place in the middle of like a council meeting. Yeah. The Dark Elves and they literally like walk up during the middle of this fight. They're like, oh, excuse me, <laughs> excuse me. <laughs> We've been debating while this whole fight's been going on. Yeah. Pop- 
pardon me. Uh, but we kind of like the uh, the cut of this guy's jib. Yeah, we kind of <laughs> like how he's like kind of going toe to toe with like, you. Like we we usually base our king on stabbies, and he's really good at the stabbies. <laughs> I watched him stab a bunch of people. Ten out of ten stabbies. Yeah, so he's our new king. And Thor's <laughs> like, oh, what? What? I did. I was doing all of this for you. Right. It's a rare form of diplomacy. Right. So Thor's like, he's literally he came here to kill all of you, and they're like, well, you don't get it. Like that just makes us respect him more. Exactly. And it's yeah. like, well, fuck. It's like, uh, yeah, we're yeah. The, we're dark elves. Like our king, we're supposed to fear our king. Like our king isn't supposed to bring us together and like love us like a mother. Right. Like, supposed to like like bestow fear. So that's like maybe one part where like Thor maybe could have had like more empathy to maybe understand like why like it, it's kind of like when in real life when people like you know when first world countries go to like impose their regimes and their cultures yeah, on other countries. It's the liberator effect. Right. Yeah. Where it's like no, why don't you just do things like we do things? So, like <laughs> because we're not you. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So it's like and then, and then they're just dumbfounded like, but why? Yeah. <laughs> they just don't get it. Yeah. And so, um, so Malekith is now the, the elected king of the Dark Elves, except uh, as, as he goes before the council, the council still says, like, well, okay, I, if you're, you're elected, that's fine. You can be the king, but you're still going to finish your sentence. Yep. So you can be king in, say, oh, thousand years? Yeah, that's <laughs> nothing for a guy. Right. And so he's like, all right, fuck it. I'll wait a thousand years. Yep. So, so Malekith is, is, is sentenced to his, his a thousand years in prison, but apparently there's a rule called like the rule of proxy. And he's like, well, I, I hereby like enact the rule of proxy. So he can basically choose someone to serve his sentence for him, which seems like a big loophole. Yeah, it, Isn't that I the feel whole like point? it should be the opposite. Because the what? proxy should be the one, like, ruling. Right. And should, then he should be the one in jail. Yeah, it should be like, okay, you serve your thousand years in prison, like, oh, choose a regent and you can come back and serve your... Yeah, we'll yeah. have some guy keep the seat Once you one. served your time, then you're king. Yeah, exactly. But, but the way it's, it is, it's like, no, I'll have someone else be in prison for me. Like, <laughs> yeah, which, why you put anyone in prison at all, then? <laughs> yeah, there's Who no cares point. <laughs> you're literally just putting an innocent person in prison. <laughs> like, what's the point? <laughs> Don't even guard him. Who cares? Right. It's so dumb. Oh, God. Uh, and then uh, Scumtongue gets uh, basically pushed up in, uh, into an elected position as well. He's like, he'll be the speaker for uh, <laughs> for the Dark Elves, which is kind of an ironic. I, I like that irony. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> Malachi's like, he'll do perfectly. <laughs> <laughs> so the whole thing kind of ends on a cliffhanger. There's a cool, a couple cool pages to end it where uh, a cool thing you notice, there's like an Easter egg where they're all drinking in a bar called Simonson's. Yeah, they're called Simonson's Steakhouse. Yep, reference to Walt Simonson who yeah. basically... Did all basically for all intents and purposes modernized and created the, the what we know as Thor. Okay, like I mean, there's still the, the Stanley Kirby run. Yeah, but, yeah, I mean, and then there's a, a really good page too that I like of, of Thor kind of flying away and the narration being like, you know, he he he's the god of thunder and he you know only one was worthy of the hammer and he didn't realize that the only reason he was worthy is because every day he wondered if he was. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah so like that's a really good line and then kind of that's the central to the themes of this whole run is like. You know, you're only worthy if you constantly like reevaluate like how good of a person you are and like yeah, yeah. within like today's standards. Yeah, no, I love that take. Yep. And then yeah, I was gonna ask you about this cliffhanger at the end. Is this like a Surtur uh Easter egg or what yes, is this? Uh because we at the Easter egg we see at the end is uh uh Lofi, the king of the frost giants, with Malakath uh, marching through Muspelheim, which is Surtur's realm. Yep. Uh to make a deal. So yeah, it's uh Malekith is trying to build his own alliance. Okay. Uh of people who I guess who have beef with uh with asgard and beef with the realms in general who would just prefer independence like complete uh from the realms gotcha uh, or maybe just their own dominance okay um although searcher at this point in the run is is dead so you'll see i mean if you keep reading this you'll see kind of what's going on with muspelheim right now there's there's new leadership in place there as well gotcha 
Uh, but yeah, so this this volume was was definitely my favorite that we've that we've recorded and talked about so far because I think there's just a lot going on here that I'm just like really it's that kind of story that I'm interested in where it's all just like politics and like what what do you do within this and then there's also like Malaketh like and his plans and his plots like layered on top of each other clever surprises in the writing yep um the funny characters and like good camaraderie between them i know i was gonna say it was interesting how uh what did they call themselves the, uh, the league of realms league of the realms is like kind of cool how they were like able to make that like little group they, they were able to put enough emotional like stakes into them in such a short amount of time as co- especially compared to like the movies oh yeah. like in the movies the the warriors, the warriors three, three like they were nothing yeah no one gives a shit about any of them <laughs> no one gave a shit about any of them. right whereas if, if i go back and look at this like uh this league of realms i i have like an uh, opinion about like every character yeah exactly like I, I don't like every character but the fact that i have an opinion about all of them means that there was something there yeah like, like if, they if you a- asked me what my opinion of the warriors three are i'd be like oh, <laughs> they were someone they're fucking people i guess it's <laughs> <laughs> about it but like the like each of these characters was like you know they were they had their own voice they, yep. they had their own personality and like their own like you know their own beef to settle you know i like that yeah like it felt more than just like throwaway characters exactly uh, but yeah, that'll bring us to the end of the of the volume here. We're going to talk about. I mean, Thor, the Jason Aaron run goes on for a long time after this, and it's like very, very good. So I highly recommend everyone keep reading. Yeah, definitely. Um, keep like going. literally, we haven't even gotten to my favorite part of the run yet, which is uh, the the Mighty Thor, which is the whole Jane Foster run. Like that's my favorite part of the yeah, whole I series. Yeah, de- I definitely want to get to that, yeah. especially now that I know that that's going to be a thing in the, Love and Thunder. Yeah, because it's cool because this whole thing gets set up here, this War of the Realms. But Thor's not even the one who really deals with it. It's Jane mostly yeah. like dealing with the fallout of this. Which yeah, I'm interested. In, um, I kind of know a little bit what happens with like the whole transfer of Mjolnir and the whole that whole thing. But I, I'm interested it's to see how that plays we're, out. We're pretty close to where that whole thing happens. Really? Yeah, we're pretty close to Jane Thor taking over. Where oh we're shit! At, in the run, yeah. Damn. Um. So because like that whole issue we read with Jane on the moon, that's all set up. Okay. Um, well, yeah, I figured that. Yeah, I just yeah. didn't know how soon it would come up. Yeah, because uh, this this run goes on for like twenty something issues, and then it's right into Jane Thor. Okay. So so we're real close. Oh, crazy. Uh, but yeah, so without further ado, we're going to be moving on to the the movie adaptation segment of our podcast, which is going to be, we're finally getting to it, Thor yeah, Ragnarok. When, finally. Because when we, when we talked about the fact that we were going to do a three-series Thor uh, like movie series, like talking about the MCU movies, I was like, well, the first two of those are going to be a drag, but I'm excited for Thor yeah. Ragnarok. Yeah, third will be great. Yeah, because this one was, was fun to watch. Like, literally, I could watch, I've watched Ragnarok a ton of times, and like when we popped it in this week, I was like, fuck it, I'm down to watch this movie. I'm always down to watch this movie. Yeah, usually we'll like... Because we usually record on Sundays, and most of the time, if it's not a good movie we got to watch, we'll wait till like Friday or Saturday to yeah, watch like it. Put but it like, off. but this week, like we watched Ragnarok like last Monday. Yeah, because like, like a week ago. let's just get this out of the. Yeah, I, yeah. I want to watch this right now. Yeah, exactly. Um, it, it's it's a lot of fun even rewatching it too. Like after uh, watching the movies. Oh yeah. Or after uh, reading the book, I mean. Oh, that too, and um, even watching the first two movies so recently. Oh, that's cool. That, that that's a good point too. Yeah, because um, we the can contrast kinda, is very very apparent. right. <laughs> like watching this hot off the tail. Of, of the dark world it's oh like, yeah Whoa, this is all right because yeah we watched the dark world like saturday and then we watched ragnarok monday because it's, so. it's not even that much different than the dark world stylistically like it's not as not as much not as especially I thought. yeah not as much as i thought until you get to sakar i guess oh yeah but like the asgard parts i'm like this looks just like the dark world but like a little bit better because the dark world made asgard look very like scenic and like uh golden and like amazing oh yeah uh but then they keep a lot of that because like one of the first scenes we get in ragnarok is uh thor going to confront loki yeah <laughs> And Loki's like posing as Odin, and like uh, Asgard looks amazing in this whole scene. So like I, I oh, really yeah. like that whole part. 
And they have like a funny like making fun of the Dark World scene too, where like Matt Damon's like playing Loki. I didn't do it for him, but <laughs> <laughs> like, just like playing. And he's like, no. <laughs> yeah, like, that opening scene is great. Right. Just or, like, well, the, well, the opening scene is uh, the the Thor. Oh, and Muspelheim. No, that's part. a great scene. Oh, that, yeah. That's almost like the the scene in Thor one where Thor's going to attack the Frost Giants. But this is like way more fun. Oh yeah, exactly. Um, because because and you got immigrant song too. Oh yeah. <laughs> One thing I realized uh, watching this movie again, too, is Immigrant Song, if you listen to the lyrics of it, has some lyrics that actually, like, play in really well with this movie. Oh, for sure. Because, like, the way the movie ends, like, one of the lines in Immigrant Song is, like, uh, talking about, like, how the Come God of the Thunder will take ships to new lands. Yep. He's like, the God of Thunder will lead our ships to new lands. I'm like, that's literally how this movie ends. Dude, but <laughs> that's why I love Led Zeppelin. They were all into, like, magic and witchy shit. Like, and a lot of their songs are, like, they use a bunch of Lord of the Rings references all the time. Oh, cool. And, like, yeah, they, they pull that shit all the time. Right. So so, so it's kind of, I wonder if like maybe, uh, and I'm just like spitballing here, but it's kind of, I wonder if like that's maybe the reason why Immigrant Song is in here because the lyrics line up so well with the plot. I feel like it's, it's I don't think it's a coincidence. Yeah. I think it definitely was conscious, like, uh, yeah, Well, I mean, I guess the song is about Thor, so it's like, yeah. there's no getting around it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, so like the scene in Muspelheim, because Surtur is played by Clancy Brown, who also plays Lex Luthor in the Justice League cartoons. Yeah. So it's like, you can I instantly recognize that voice. And uh, he, he does. A, and what I like about Searcher in this movie is he starts out almost kind of like a joke character. Yeah, exactly. But like, which kind of almost made me mad at first. Like, I went with it because I'm not going to be too uptight about it. Yeah. But then by the end, like, it's like Searcher is actually like respected as like a force of like destruction. And like, like he's, yeah, he's actual Ragnarok and that's taken seriously. So yeah, it's like exactly. Like, like the way they turn that around. Because Surtur is, like, one of the, the big, like, threatening things in all of, like, the Simonson run of Thor. Okay. Like, that's, like, the big thing, like, that's happening in the background. Like, like Surtur preparing his doom sword. Yeah. Well, Surtur is, like, to Norse mythology, he's, like, the devil of Norse mythology. Right. So he should be not, like, a big deal. Oh, yeah. Which, which it ends up being. I, I think what sets this movie apart, though, that makes it really good is just, like, stylistically, it had a lot more fun. Yeah, like, exactly. Like it felt, it felt like it, like it was having fun being a Thor movie instead well, of someone and, who was like told to make a Thor movie. You well, know? and did we? I think you brought it up last week or two weeks ago about how like Chris Hemsworth went to Marvel and he was like, "I feel handcuffed with this." Yep, role. that was like, like a like, famous quote he had. Yeah, because yeah, like I, I can't like be. I have to be like nothing but serious, and it just feels like totally bland. Right, I feel like the one Shakespeare character in this room of people stealing the show. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's like like nobody cares about me because I'm the least fun character. Exactly. In the room. Yeah. yeah. So like, let me do something. Like I'm the God of Thunder. I should be exciting and like cool and fun. Yep. And yeah, that's what makes this movie so good. Is like this was really like the breakout role for this character, right? And I think that's why Thor is the only character who's getting a fourth movie because oh, it's, it's almost sure. like this is the first movie we got. Yep, exactly. It, it, it almost feels like that. Yeah, because this is when we actually saw like what potential like this character could have. Right. Yeah, and like we, and not only that, we saw like Chris Hemsworth's like potential as an actor. Oh, too. that it's too. Like, yeah, well, he, this guy is like can do so much more. Oh yeah, he was fantastic. Like in this he gets movie. to do like improv comedy work in this, which right. is like, awesome. <laughs> I know those moments are awesome. Like there's so many funny. Like, lines in this movie which you'll hear about later were like completely improv oh yeah like oh that's awesome yeah they yeah. improved a lot of it there's a bunch of like outtakes uh videos on youtube of like some of the scenes they did <laughs> with like the different takes he had for some of them right yeah that's great uh and just like the whole cast of characters like there's almost there's not a character in this movie who i don't like love seeing on screen you it's, know what i mean yeah it's almost perfect because like let's just go down the list of main characters in this movie and there's not one that's like not fun to watch no we have thor who we just talked about is like 
the standout of this. Yeah. Loki is great. He's not in a lot of it, but it's like the parts he's in is like, fits is. perfectly. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Um, the Hulk, like obviously, like this is the best Hulk we've gotten in the entire MCU Easily. By, by far. Easily. Like better than Endgame, better than any oh, yeah. anything we got after. That's for sure. Hands down. Uh, Valkyrie is great as yep. well. Like she is just like very very cool. Like like stylistically and just like like every time she's on screen, like just I don't know what it is. The way her mannerisms are, just like confidence. Yeah, yeah. Like, or, like her first scene, like with her in the with the spaceship and the junkers. Yeah, it's like that's such a cool and it's like a cool idea for technology too. Oh, for sure. Where she's just like, all right, I'll go through you, and she's like she has the the things on her wrist, and she's like, tew, tew. I know, it, it, like it kind of reminded me of like a. It almost had like a kind of Mandalorian feel. Yeah, she's it did. like a drunk, like badass chick, like bounty hunter almost. Yeah, and like the like her guns like line up with her wrists, and she can like do like moves with it. And yeah, it's so cool. Yeah, it's a great this character design. Yep, and then like little things that they do initially to show you her power levels too, where like she's like. Does that? She uses the guns to kill the scrappers, but then the last one she tosses across a mountain. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. So it's like, whoa, okay. So she's like a, a meta, you know? Yeah, exactly. So that's cool. Like the way they set it up because they don't tell you she's a Valkyrie right away. They kind of leave that as set up for later, which was smart. Yeah, definitely. And just like her whole design looks really cool with like the the face paint and whatnot. I think that looks great. Definitely. Yeah, like, all all of the Sakarian characters are, are really well designed. <laughs> Jeff Goldblum was awesome. Oh as well, yeah, the too. Grandmaster and like all of his like guards. <laughs> yeah. Um, the, all those scenes were my favorite. Is when he's when he brings Thor and he like melts the dude <laughs> Thor's just like oh my god <laughs> what did you just do <laughs> like oh I'm stepping in it yeah, just like oh god oh disgusting <laughs> Oh, oh yeah, this movie's so well paced with that too. Like, oh yeah, because like in Guardians, like just to compare it to something else, like in Guardians two, like there were parts where like it felt like the Forced. comedic comedic parts were stepping on the scene. Yeah, exactly. Whereas this, it felt like it was part of like you know melded like the whole scene existed for like that reason, or they, they naturally felt into it. Yeah, it was like, naturally a flowing, definitely. And there's scenes where like it felt like they could have made a joke, where all of a sudden it's like no, this gets real now. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, like all the Sicarian characters are super well designed because like this movie like. One of the things that stood out for me visually rewatching it was like it's allowed to be like colorful. Yep. You know what I mean? Like it's the first time we get like actual like what looks like comic book looking like characters. Definitely. Like yeah. the, the scene where we see like the Grandmaster's Royal Guard, it looks like a scene of like a bunch of Power Rangers. And I'm like, this is awesome. Yeah, it was great. Yeah, I love like, all the This is what everything should look like all the time. Exactly. It's yeah. Like, and it, it broke away from just like the, you know, marble pillars and stuff like that. Yep. Like the, the typical looks for things. It's like, no, they all have to have like this kind of body armor and yeah, whatnot. Yeah, exactly. Um, and with the Grandmaster himself like he's he's, he's kind of in here like mainly as a joke but there are little things about the, what they say about him that make me wonder like because like he says he's the first lost and the first found which is kind of interesting um because he says that he was like basically the first person that dropped onto this planet okay. and it's like affected his aging where now he just like ages incredibly slow yeah the planet itself seems like it's it kind of exists in a really weird spot because they're they, what are they called like the devil's anus or well the devil's anus is one of the wormholes it's like a world that exists at the like the butt end of a bunch of yeah well like because this planet in the sky like there's a devil's anus and then there's multiple smaller portals like in in the atmosphere so this whole place exists in like a really weird space and yeah it's like like a place in between black holes or something yeah Yeah, it's it's pretty cool yeah so somehow that affects his age or something um, but yeah, and then like uh, going down the list of characters again, like Grandmaster was great, uh, Hulk is great. Oh, yeah, I mean, we kind of forgot one of the biggest ones. Well, we're Hela. gonna yeah, I was gonna talk about Hela last, <laughs> yeah. yeah cause, and then Hela is like a, fa- a fantastic villain because there's not too much like depth to her motivations, but this kind of shows that you don't need to rely on like. Uh, a sympathetic villain necessarily exactly like not all villains have to be like well what like he's just a tragic figure like not all villains are that you can still be interesting without being that exactly yeah totally and i what i liked about it a lot too is how 
you know, this movie also with he- with bringing in Hela, it gives you the context of how Odin like wasn't always a good yep. uh, quote unquote good guy, which is how it actually is in North mytho- Norse mythology. Like Odin is a piece of shit. Well, and it's a good <laughs> lesson too, where it's like, well, uh, is a giant empire ever a good thing? Exactly. Like, yeah. like you have this giant empire, you rule the nine realms, but like, how did you get it? Right, and that could be said for any empire. It's oh. like, how did you get this? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. It's like you don't you don't build this kind of empire without like killing thousands and thousands of lives yep which, which is a really good message just against like you know like empires and colonization in general so imperialism I'm like, this is, yeah imperialism yeah. yep so that's a, a really good way to, to to kind of spin that take on odin which i like oh yeah totally uh, and her plan is interesting too um which kind of because it kind of tied in some questions i had about the mcu asgard because in yeah. mcu asgard they kind of always explain things as well there's nine realms and they explain all the nine realms mm-hmm. but it, I, the thing i always wondered about and this goes for marvel in general is like one of the nine realms is midgard but midgard isn't like a, a plane of existence you know it's like it's just like a planet it's a planet yeah so there has to be lots of places that aren't part of the nine realms yep. so but this this movie kind of explains it like the way at least it is in the mcu is the nine realms are what the world tree connects, like basically what Odin conquered. Yeah, exactly. Like he carved out nine realms and connected them with the world tree, and that's what it is. Yeah. Um. So Hela's plan is like, well, why stop at nine? Yeah. Because Hela says like, well, after nine, and he, after he had what he wanted, he started to grow a conscience and become a better man. Like, well, it's easy now. You have that. You have what you want. Yeah. And Hela's like, well, you know, at least I'm honest. Like, I, I I'll never get what I want because <laughs> I want everything. Yeah. Like I'm a killer and I'll stick to it. Yeah. So she's like, I'm not gonna stop at nine. I'm gonna conquer the whole universe, which yep. is a a cool like uh implications it's like whoa okay yeah like it's, it's not a, a world ending threat this is like a universe ending threat. that's a grand design because if like because if you think about it like if, if thor hadn't won here she would have gone on to the next planet the next planet she would have been, been a, the next thanos she would have been on earth yeah, yeah. the avengers would have been like where's thor oh fuck <laughs> oh he's dead yeah oh and now we're fucked <laughs> yeah so it, it would have been really interesting yeah um Obviously, that's not what happens. But no, <laughs> it's something. Um, and then uh, the t- to talk about the Hulk a little bit, too, this is like the best take on the Hulk we've gotten yeah. in any MCU movie as well. Oh, yeah. Because this is the first time where they've actually made Hulk a character. Like, the MCU was very obsessed with dumb Hulk, you yeah. know, Smash Hulk. Like, exactly. They, they wanted to stick to that no matter what. Like, yep. that was their only take on the Hulk, which was very, very limited. I mean, think about, like, everything we read with Immortal Hulk, like, all the stuff they're ignoring. And, like, yeah, and after reading Immortal Hulk and seeing, like, takes that, like, amazing, it it makes kind of the Smash Hulk that much less, like, cool <laughs> or, like, right. even more lame. Yeah, w- once you kind of see what potential that character has yeah, yeah like giving the, like the hulk his own separate consciousness and own like separate personality like apart from banner is just such a cooler idea but they kind of i mean to be fair the mcu has started to do that but i think ragnarok oh, gave, that, them, that's gave I mean. them that idea yeah, exa- yeah. Uh, exactly because after ragnarok and endgame we got professor hulk which wasn't yep. my favorite but at least we're getting more personalities yeah i, I like it, that and it wasn't the greatest but i i do appreciate that they have like that they're adding on to that idea yeah yeah totally um, because I, I like the idea that Hulk is like his own person. You For know, sure, yeah. He's not just like angry Banner. That's exactly. never what it's supposed to be. And that's how I feel like they. that's how it started with MCU. Yeah, exactly. Because they'd always talk to the Hulk like, come on, Banner, calm down. And he'd be like mad about things that happened, like that Banner should be mad about. Exactly. And it was always that. Yep. And like the Hulk will, yeah, sometimes defend Banner, but he's not like, that's not his only, like he doesn't want what Banner wants all the time. Yeah, you it's know? more complex than that. And that's what this movie shows us. Like sometimes the Hulk wants something different. Exactly, and the Hulk wants yeah. to live on this planet as a gladiator. Yeah, he has his own like <laughs> 
desires and wants and shit. Right. Because um, like the my, my fa- like one of the coolest lines when they open up that fight, which which like sold me on this whole take of the Hulk when, when my first time watching it was like when when Thor shows up, like initially he's super happy and he's like, yeah. yes, he's a like, friend from work. Yeah, he's like Banner, <laughs> like yeah, I found you. Like we all thought you were dead. <laughs> and then like uh, the Hulk like just looks at him angry. He's like, no Banner, only Hulk. <laughs> and I'm like, oh shit. Yeah, like, right. That really sets the tone immediately. Yep. Yeah, and Thor knows it too because it's just like, oh shit. Yep. It's like, oh, the Hulk's taking over because like Banner later says like it's like I usually we both had one hand on the wheel, but this time it was like he had the wheel and I was locked in the trunk. Yeah, exactly. So it's like we actually get some character development for the Hulk himself, which is great because yep. like there's a lot of like really great scenes where like between him and Thor, which kind of start out like jokey and light, and yeah. then all of a sudden we'll just like like it'll go like they'll take an insult too far and like like there's a part where they're fighting like, like throwing stuff at each other. Yeah. And uh and Hulk's like yelling at Thor, but like puny god like stuff <laughs> like that and then thor's like yeah well well earth will always hate you and then like that hulk like stops yeah like, he like starts pouting and shit yeah, and, like, like it's, I know, it's <laughs> yeah. super adorable but it's like oh man like he actually like has yeah, he like does this like shoulder grunt he's like <laughs> yeah because thor starts to do like like oh come on buddy and he's just like no no don't do it yeah thor earth hate hulk like, no, <laughs> thor loves hulk <laughs> but like the, when this all like c- comes together like the, uh, one of my favorite sequences too is their escape from uh, Sakar, because oh, like, yeah. the whole thing is just like really well done like because they have to team up with loki and like valkyrie finally comes along and yep. like thor smashes through the window and like H- like hulk's going free in the streets <laughs> and they, they they steal like the orgy pleasure craft oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's my birthday <laughs> it's like don't touch anything <laughs> Oh, this movie's so fun. And then, of course, the final confrontation on Asgard is amazing, too. Oh, yeah. Because, like I said, uh, when we first started talking about this, they they respect Surtur as, like, a force of nature because that ends up being, like, the whole thing. Yeah. Which is really cool because, like, literally, he's like, well, wait, Surtur has to end the planet. Yeah, like, you li- li- Ragnarok literally has to happen for Asgard to survive. Yep. And then we get our, our really uh, really good Scourge moment in here as well, which is from yep. the Simonson run with him with the AKs defending the bridge. Oh, well, technically M16s, but... Oh, sure. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so I mean, this this whole movie is amazing. Uh, like I said, I mean, the whole if you go down the list of cast of characters, every single one like gets like a moment to shine where they just like like the whole scene is like worthy of like watching a gif, you know, or like watching oh, a dude. YouTube clip of. Totally forgot to bring up Heimdall. But oh he, yeah, Heimdall he, is amazing in this too. Yeah, he fucking brought it in this movie because he's just like uh, kind of like this the the rogue leader on the side keeping Asgard yeah, safe. Yeah, he's like the Harriet Tubman. He's like getting all of them like together to like uh, to try to flee off Asgard right. and like kind of save as many people as he can. And one scene that's pretty cool too is like halfway through the movie where uh, Thor is just like desperate and he like looks up. He's like Heimdall, I like if you can see me, please. Like I need yeah. your help. And like Heimdall's able to see him all the way on Sakar. Yeah. And he's like, I see you, but you're far away. It's like cool that he could even like tell or like have this insight. Yeah, it's kind of cool how they have like that psychokinetic link. Right. And like Heim- and it's kind of cool like how Heimdall has this like cosmic knowledge, but also understands like you know where the wormholes go, and he knows all this stuff too. Yeah. He's like, oh, like you need to go through the middle wormhole, go through the big one. Yeah. It's like go through the wormhole. It's like which one? It's like the big one and then he like <laughs> cuts through him and kills a skeleton oh, yeah it's so cool um but yeah i mean i don't need to say it but i highly recommend this movie i mean i'm 99 sure all of you have seen it but yeah <laughs> if you haven't seen it what are you but doing? this was just a fun opportunity to rewatch it because this movie like i don't think i'll ever get sick of rewatching. oh it's this. worth multiple rewatches because like every scene just has its own like fun like you know it's it's either like it's either you're being drawn in by like the style of it like you know the, the colors and the design of the costumes or yep. like you're cut, drawn in by like the humor or like you know you pick up new things about the lore each time too yep. it's like there's a lot to dig into here so i'm really excited that they brought him back for another thor movie oh definitely i'm, um, I'm really excited for the next one and like apparently like the guardians of the galaxy are going to be in that movie too which will be interesting so yeah i don't know 
And like then then Jane will have the hammer, which is what I'm really excited for. Yeah, and then uh, we'll just have to find out who Christian Bale is. That'll be interesting. Yeah, yeah. That, that, if he's playing Gore the God Butcher, I kind of hope not. So do, uh, do we know for sure if it's gonna be Gore the God? Butcher No, we don't know for sure. Okay, gotcha. The the main speculation is in is gonna be that it's Gore or Dario Auger. But the only reason people think that is because. Jane is in it holding the hammer, so people think it's going to be based on Jason Aaron's run a little bit. So is that who Jane fights in uh, Jason Aaron's? Yeah, well, actually, if we kept reading uh, this run, Dario Auger's the next story. Okay. So he's, he's uh, yes, Jane fights him a lot, but it comes up before that. Does even. she ever fight Gore? Does that ever come up? No. I was going to say, I'd, how would that even come up? No, yeah, no, she doesn't. Okay. Um, Gore, Gore is dead. Yeah, I figured. Uh, but yeah, so, so yeah, I highly recommend this movie. Not that I have to, but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so that'll bring us to the end of our Thor series. It won't be the last Thor episode we do, but it'll be the last one for a while until probably God of Thunder comes out. Yeah. Uh, not God of Thunder. Why do I keep saying love and thunder? <laughs> well, cause the, I keep this, trying this, to cut the love out of things. This run was called God and Thunder. <laughs> Guys, don't forget the love. Show can't love. Don't forget it. <laughs> All right. But yeah, again, thanks again, Justin, for making this request. Again, oh, if yeah. you want to leave your own request, uh, patreon.com slash agents of comic book. Uh, you only sign up at the $5 level to do a one episode request, $10 level to do a uh, three episode request you're getting a little uh, uh, one for free there All right, a little if bang, you haven't noticed a little bang for your buck <laughs> yeah, if you can't do math it's one for free <laughs> uh, but yeah so thanks so much for leaving that request uh, this, oh, this got us to dig into some Thor which I didn't even know I needed right now but I, the, I've i been needing it for a while uh, I was so digging I'm that Hammer Thunder finally, action I'm glad I finally got it yeah right um, so yeah, thanks again for that. Um, join us next week. We'll be doing a little. What, what did we decide we we're doing next week? I think we're going Ooh, with Venom. a little Venom. Little Venom. Yup. Venom. <laughs> Listen to your Venom Eminem song to, oh, to prepare God, for no. this. <laughs> yep. So next week we're doing uh, issues one through six of the Donny Cates run of Venom, and okay. we're going to be watching the Venom movie. Yes. So yes, we're finally getting into yeah, that. That'll be so. that'll be brand new for me. I haven't seen that. Yeah, me neither. Actually, I haven't seen the movie either. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. So join us next week for some Venom. Oh yes. <laughs> <laughs>